But what is a father's job exactly? What, what does a father do? Um, you know, that, that's, a, that's a pretty big list. Um, you, know, you know, teach. I have to teach my kids how to do things. You know, tie their shoes. Go to, the, go to the potty training, all that stuff. Um, I got to provide for them. You know, I can't just let them run, run out wild and not do anything. You know, I got to, I got to have clothes for them to wear. I got to have a roof for their heads. All those things is a lot. I got to show them how to be a good citizen. I got to show them how to work hard, uh, play nice. The list is long and, and, and it's massive. Um, and we don't have the time today or for the next two months to go over all the things a father should do, but there's one thing I want to mention uh, that a father must have, and that's compassion. A father must have compassion. Uh, and I, I'm drawn to the parable of the lost son in Luke 15, verse 20. And he, wrote, and he arose and came to his father, but when he was still a great way off, his father saw him and had compassion, and ran and fell on his neck and kissed him. We know the story of the lost son, or the, the parable of the lost son, and, and it really rings a bell, or touches my, you know, touches me personally, and, and hopefully everybody else. Uh, in school this past week, every week almost, uh, or every last week of October, we have a, a thing called Red Ribbon Week, and we talk about you know drug abuse, and, and we go through all those, all those. We, we, you know, they dress up, they, they do all these things to help support drug abuse and this and that. And I always think, and when I was doing this lesson, it really connected to me in, in, in another way that, you know, a lot of people, you know, they, they get addicted to drugs. They have some, they have issues in that realm. And how many of those fathers, you know, stayed with them and had compassion? And, and even though they turned, they turned, turned away, they had these bad spells and the jail, they, they, they went to rehab, all that may have happened, but their father was still waiting for them, showing them compassion whenever they were out or free or clean and was still willing to help. And you know, that's, that's just not always the case. And I feel like that's one thing fathers should always have is that compassion, that love for their son or daughter or their children, no matter what. Um, a few other verses here in Colossians chapter 3, verse 21. Fathers, do not provoke your children, lest they become discouraged. And then Ephesians uh, chapter 6, verses 4. And you, fathers, do not provoke your children to wrath, but bring them up in the training and, ad and ad ad oh, admission of the Lord. Two more good verses that kind of sets up what fathers should do. And I'm going to connect to that, those, those verses again, here in, here in a little bit more. But let's move on to husband. Another mask I have to wear uh, quite often as well. Wear it willingly, of course. Uh, there are many masks that a husband also wears. You know, I, you know, I didn't know that I... Uh, the, the, well, let me back up. The first, the most recent husband mask I wore was the, yes, we do need to repaint the living room. <laughs> that was yesterday. Uh, and I did not know, no one ever told me, and, and Maybe we should more often. I did not know husband and painter were synonyms. I did not know they meant the same thing. Uh, but that's the way it goes. I, I, I keep being told I'm a good painter. I'm really good at cutting in and all that stuff. But I don't know. I think it might just be a ploy. I might just need to start making some swaps and getting it, getting it everywhere. Uh, but Colossians chapter 3 verse 18. Husbands, love your wives and do not be bitter towards them. 
I love painting. I will always paint if I need to paint, I guess. Right. Uh, that's what I need to do. Uh, the, the Bible tells us to love our wives. And, and love is something that, that can be hard to explain sometimes. Um, you know, what is love? You know, it's caring for someone, um, taking care of them, helping them. Um, but, you know, when it really get down, it gets down to it, love is uh, being willing to give everything for another person. And that, that sometimes is hard. It's a hard concept to grasp. And, and sometimes you see people, you know, throw, throw love around, like, you know, I love you and this and that, a little too, too easily sometimes. Love to do, do you really mean that you will give everything for that other person? Uh, it, you know, uh, you know what's, what's the saying? Fools rush in. Yeah, fools rush in. And sometimes maybe that's the case with, with love. We, we get to thinking love and you always got to ask yourself, are you willing to give everything for that person? Uh, in 1 Corinthians chapter 7, verse 3, Let the husband render to his wife the, the affection due, due her, and likewise also the wife to her husband. Um, affection, it, it goes right along with love. If you truly love someone, having that affection should, should, not, be, should not be too hard. Um, in Ephesians 2, or Ephesians 5, verse 25, Husbands, love your wives, just as Christ also loved the church and gave himself for her. You know, at first glance, the, the, those three verses or these obligations, you know, may not sound as much, you know, at, at, at the beginning, you know, love somebody, I can love somebody. I have affection, I can have affection towards somebody. But like I said before, the, the big thing is we have to love in, in Ephesians. Just as Christ also loved the church. And we know what Christ did for the church. He gave himself up for the church. And again, that's back to what love truly is. It's giving yourself for that person. And are you willing to do, to do that? Um, so we have to love our wives like Christ loved the church. He died for the church. We have to be willing to die for them. The other hat, or mask, sorry. And that, that's the thing. When I say mask, hat, and jacket, whatever we, whatever, whatever metaphor or, or we use here, that's another thing. Uh, this week we've been talking about figurative language, so. Uh, teaching. Or, in, that's my, I guess that's my mask I wear, but for everybody's work, your work mask, right? We go to work, and it can be painful sometimes, especially when that alarm goes off. Um, it, it can be a little daunting. Um, and in most cases, our work is we put the mask on that has to smile and be happy, right? We have to be happy when we're at work. If you work at Walmart, you've got to be a nice person to all the customers. You work at McDonald's, you have to be nice to the customers, even if they're very angry. Um, and, you know, even in my case, when I'm, when I'm teaching, um, I, have to be, I have to be nice to my coworkers. I have to be nice to the kids. Um, you know, and, and which that's very general, but that's that's the way it is. Most times, work we need to be happy. However, in most cases, or at least in some cases, we're not so happy to be at work. We would rather be doing the things we enjoy. The old saying of you know, if, if you do, if your job is something you love, you don't have to work a day in your life. Well, that's very true, uh, but that's not always the case. Some you know, your, your job can become uh, redundant and, and repetitive, and you know. Even in teaching, I've not had the kids that are in my class, but I've had kids that are like them, 
And those memories always come back up. Oh, this kid is like this kid that I had two years ago who doesn't want to listen and wants to sleep or whatever it may be. In Colossians chapter 3, verse 23, And whatever you do, do it heartily. As to the Lord and not to men. You know, we have to interact with these people, even if, we, even if we're frustrated with them. And, and we still need to be kind and polite to these people, even if they're getting on our last nerves. For what, you know, for what we do, it, it's, it's not for them, really. It's for the Lord. If I'm nice to my coworkers, or if I'm nice in the drive-thru whenever uh, somebody's coming through, and maybe they're upset about something. We don't know what they've been through. We don't know where they're coming from. But if they get somebody who's nice and polite, maybe that will help them out. Maybe that'll change their direction. And maybe even that, maybe even that they'll take more notice than you, and that'll ring a bell to them, and then they'll think, well, I wonder where that person goes to church. You know, and sometimes we, we, we don't even have to say, hey, I go to Sanford Church of Christ. Sometimes it's assumed. I, I, that's happened to me before. Somebody said, I know you go to church. Where do you go to church at? You know, it's already assumed. It's that easy to see if you're doing what's right. If you're doing things that are, um, I, I want to say tangible, but that's not the, that's not the word. So, uh, you know, seeable, I guess, would be the best way to say it. You know, people see that Christ-like behavior, and they can tell this person goes to church. Where do they go to church? I'll ask them that. Because they really help me out. Maybe it's today, maybe, you know, maybe, maybe it'll be months from now. We talked about the backpack program and those things. They don't always have instant benefit. But down the road, you know, it, it, right. it, can bring, it, it can bring people in. In Proverbs chapter 16, uh, verse 3, Commit your works to the Lord, and your thoughts will be established. Again, our work gets us money, helps us pay the bills. Uh, hopefully it's something we enjoy and we appreciate. But our main work, you know, is for the Lord. We want that to, we want that to be our main person. I don't want to get too much into my final point, uh, but we'll move on to another mask. The mask we all probably like to wear, it's our friend mask. We all have friends, and when sometimes when we have our friends over, we, we kind of are a little bit more loose, we, we, we cut up more, we laugh more, we're not as uh, straight-laced, you know, we're, we're, we're ready to have fun. You know, you go to a ball game, you go out and watch a movie, those sorts of things are things you do with your friends, and in most cases it's for entertainment or Enjoyment, you know, just have the, have friends over and have a cookout. Those are things we look forward to, and most of the time, those are masks that we, we, we enjoy. But what is a friend supposed to do for us? What, what, how are we supposed to be a friend? How can a friend help us? And I always think of, well, there's hope that you have a friend or that you feel you can trust, a friend you can tell anything to, and they also will tell you anything. Uh, that's, that's something that, I guess, really helps or really builds up a friendship or a relationship. Being able to tell somebody anything. Knowing that they'll help you. Uh, we also need that friend to be able to look at us and say, you know what? That's stupid. You don't need to do that. You know, that's not the way you need to approach it. And, and oftentimes, I, I talk to my um, students about themes and books and this and that. And, and uh, there's a good quote that says, you know, it's easy to stand up against our enemies, but it's even harder to stand up against our friends. Because you don't want you don't want that friend to get mad. You don't want to lose that trust. But if they're a good friend, that trust is what they want. That honesty is what they want. In Proverbs chapter 17, verse 17, 
A friend loves at all times, and a, and a brother is born of adversity. But a friend's love is, just, is, is, the same, is the same as we talked about before. A friend that is willing to give everything for you. Help you out of any need. We, hopefully we all have those friends. We can call up and say, hey, I need help. And they're there. Hopefully that's, that's true. Um, you know, true. True love of a friend is when you and, 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 and them can talk truthfully without hesitation. I, I, I don't want to bring this up. They might get mad. If it's a true friend, you can bring up anything. And they're going to listen. And they're going to understand. And you're going to understand and listen to what they have to say. And Proverbs chapter 18, verse 24. A man who has friends must himself be friendly. But there is a friend who sticks closer than a brother. Now, this, this is, I really like this verse. Mainly because it talks about you aren't going to get a friend unless you are a friend. Secondly, maybe, just hopefully, we've had those friendships. You know, I have two brothers, but I also have my friends that I've built such good relationships with. They're just like a brother to me, too. And, and, and that's, you know, that's just the way it is. I mean, you know, I love them just as much as they love me, just as much as I love my brothers. If something was to happen to them, I would be just as devastated. Some people become such good friends that they are closer than a brother. That's a pretty strong relationship, a pretty strong friendship. And that mask that we wear as friends is even stronger. They trust that mask that we're wearing. I go through these and I, you know, some, sometimes I feel like, you know, try to judge the time and I'm like, oh, I kind of rush through these or that. But my main thing is this. We have a lot of masks that we wear. We put them on, we take them off. We put them on, we take them off. We put another one on and another one on and so forth. But the most important mask we wear is Christian. Alright? And, you know, say I got all my mask on. Well, the one that goes over top of that should be Christian. Let's say I take all my mask off or the one at the bottom of that should be Christian. No matter what mask we're wearing, people should see the Christian mask too. That's the first and foremost. Fathers, teach their children to be good Christians. Husbands, love your wife like a good Christian should. Teachers, or your work, whatever it may be, you work like a Christian should. Friends, you listen and help your friends like a Christian should. In 1 Corinthians chapter 15, verse 15, verse 58, Therefore, my beloved brethren, be steadfast, immovable, always abounding in the work of the Lord, knowing that your labor is not in vain in the Lord. When we have these masks on, we want it to be for the Christian cause. I want my friends to know that I'm a Christian. I want my co-workers to know that I'm a Christian. I want my, my husband or my, my wife and, and my kids to know that I'm a Christian. That's what we want them to know. And if we have that mask on first or if it's on there, that's what they'll see. That's what they'll see first. All of our work is done for the Lord. Whether it's the work that I'm doing with my friends works with work that I'm doing with my family. It's all for the Lord. Anything we do goes back to being a Christian. In Ephesians chapter 2, verses 8-10, through 10, For by grace you have been saved through faith, and that not of yourselves. It is the gift of God, not of works, lest anyone should, be, should boast. For we are His workmanship, created in, created in Christ Jesus for good works, which God prepared beforehand, 
that we should walk in them. All the masks we wear should be for good works. And of course, being figurative, we should always just be good Christians. A mask or no mask, hat or no hat. People should see us in that light. And the last verse I want to share, Ephesians 6, verse 7. With good will, doing services as to the Lord and not to men. Oftentimes we get caught up. Even when we're wearing those masks and we're at work, we want to do this a certain way or we want to uh, have it this way or we're with our friends and they want us to do this or that. We want, we want to be a part of it, but yet all those things are really nothing without, without the Lord. And that's the reason we do those things. We do, we, you know, I go to school and I teach to help the kids to not, not necessarily just to be good readers, but to be good people and to be good Christians. There are hoops and stuff like that that I, I, you know, I can't stand up there and be like, you should all be baptized and go, and go to church. I have those hoops. But my actions are very straightforward. I tell them truthful things. You know, if you lie, steal, chill, still, things, bad things will happen to you. You should stay narrow and on a good path. And you know, I've had those students who've come to me later on as they've got older. What church do you go to? Where do you go to church at? Then I've already, I have the door open. No, it's there. And I can tell them. And they can come. And parents of those students will have came and asked, you know, where do you all go to church at? Hey, I saw your name on Stanford's Church of Christ. You all are doing great stuff. Those things happen. And those, those are the doors that we don't necessarily see at work as often. And we just hope that we're planting those seeds. By doing the good things, by doing what's right and what's helping others. You know, mask or no mask, just being a Christian is what we're here for. If you are one of the people that has been saved or has fallen off or you've not been saved yet, we always have a moment of invitation here. And this is the time. We will sing a song here in a few minutes. But if that's you and you need to come up and repent, or if you need to be baptized, we have a pool of water right here behind me. We can do that for you. So we'll have a song so we can stand and sing. And if you feel compelled, come forward. Oh, the Savior, Thou art
Thanks, everybody.